All right. If y'all got your Bible, I don't know what's going to happen. The Lord doesn't change my sermon from the time I left the house till I got here. And that don't very much happen to me. I was going to preach this mo- tonight out of Galatians chapter 4. And we're going to start out there, but we're going to go back over into to Luke and be looking at the Christ- Christmas story from Luke's point of view. But it, you turn with me to Galatians chapter 4, you see Paul in his mentioning. And you find the Christmas story in many more places than just where we used to looking at. Because the whole Bible is about Jesus, amen, like we looked at this morning. And if you look here, Paul says something in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. And we're going to read two verses, and then we're going to go and look at Mary. And I want to talk to us tonight about, um, have you ever thought about the interruption of Christmas? Have you ever realized yet that when God chooses you, God's will is not always something that we thank him for that's easily accepted you know god's will interrupts his agenda disrupts and have you ever thought about the interruption that christmas must have caused for mary and joseph and their family you look past it and take time to think about the reality they were people like us but you know god's plan from eternity he knows exactly what he's going to do It is sovereignly, providentially prepared by God. Yet he uses people to accomplish what he's already determined to happen providentially by his sovereignty who have free will. And Mary had free will. Joseph had free will. And yet they were interrupted by God who said, this is my plan and you're part of it. And I want you to look at what it says right here. And I never really thought about this till tonight, and I was going to preach a totally different sermon about when everything was ready, God sent forth his son. And for everything to be ready, that included Mary's heart had to be ready. Joseph's heart had to be ready. Have you ever thought about the plans that God has for our church and for this community that may include you, that he's already preparing and has ready to do, but for it to accomplish, we have to say yes and do what he wants As we do our part, look at what it says right there in verse 4. But when the fullness of the time had come, literally, you could say when everything was ready, when God had everything to the place where it was time for Jesus to be able to come. Think about what was accomplished before Jesus came. It wouldn't make any sense that makes it more believable, that proves, that shows that God's plan was not just something that came out of nowhere. You know, if you look, the first thing you see when you look at the things that were being prepared for the coming of Jesus was when you look at the Gospel of Matthew, the first thing you see is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of Abraham, the son of David. Do you know it took 17 at least generations, because that's how many is recorded, that recorded the genealogy, the ancestry of Jesus, that proves without a doubt that he is able to claim the place of Messiah. He was the son of Abraham. He was the son of David, which means not only was he a Jew, but he was in the lineage of the rightful claim to the throne of David, which he had to be. All that had to happen before he could come. Because why? Because the prophets had proclaimed. And, you know, before he sent him, he first gave us the whole Old Testament, centuries of Old Testament prophets proclaiming the coming of the Messiah and giving us intimate details where he would be born. 
who he would be born from, what family lineage, how he would be born, and how great that was. He would be born of a virgin. He would be born in a little place called Bethlehem. He would be born, and we see all this, but guys, in this passage, what it looks past there, for him to be born of a virgin, someone had to be that virgin. <laughs> you ever thought about that? What if that was your daughter? What do you think you would have took up the news when she went around telling everybody, well, I know I'm pregnant, and it's not Joseph's, but it's God. The Holy Spirit did this to me. Do you think everybody in the neighborhood would have believed that? Do you think that was an easiest thing to live through, brother, wit? Because look at what it says right here. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son. Guys, listen, God had been planning this. You know what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20? In the New King James, it says, Jesus, he indeed was foredained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. God, he foreordained, he predetermined that Jesus would come before the foundation of the world. Listen to what the New Living Translation said. God chose Jesus as your ransom long before the world began. But he has now revealed him to you in these last days. Guys, listen. God had all this plan. He was working out. He had said, the time has come for me to send forth my son, born of a woman. Not only a woman, but a virgin. And a Jewish woman. And listen, when you flip back with me and we pick up the story, think about and put your place in Mary's place as we look in Luke chapter 1 tonight. And think about this. Here she is, and you know how big wedding plans get. How many of you have ever had to marry or give away a daughter? How many of you have ever had to put up with a daughter that was getting away and your family's got the husband? Well, you know, in this time, weddings was a lot different than ours, but they were still very big. They were still something that was planned and looked forward to, and a, a father his dream was to see his daughter given to a godly man, a Jewish man, if she was Jewish. And he protected her virtue and her reputation. And he found someone who would pay a dowry for her, who was a godly person like Joseph. And Joseph's father, or Joseph himself, would have been looking and praying for the perfect godly young girl who would be the perfect wife. And he would have been looking for that one who there betrothal was much more bonding than an engagement and so here they are she's betrothed to Joseph and her families are figuring they're going to be getting married soon but there's an interruption <laughs> and what an interruption Christmas was if you think about this and look what it says in verse 26 now in the sixth month the sixth month of what that Elizabeth has become pregnant with John the Baptist, which is her, her, her family member. And it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So here, let's think about this this morning, the, the night, the interruption this must have been. And like I said, I don't have many notes for this. This just kind of all came out of nowhere. But it says, and having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. 
blessed are you among women. You know, we read the Christmas story and we kind of lose. It's, it has to have an effect on us anymore. But guys, the fact that an angel came and talked. Has anyone had an angel ever show up and talk to them? I think that would be cool. But I think it would also be very scary. Because even Mary was scared. Look at what it says in verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. You know what? When God comes sending you a message for his will, a lot of times it troubles you. I would think Brother Nichols is with us. It is Nichols, right? Is with us. And he was here a while back. He's got some stuff we're going to look at in a little bit that he brought back from his trip to Africa. But when God first told you he was going to Africa, did it kind of warn you, how am I going to do this? What do you mean, me? Why me? And you shared some of that. When God has his plan revealed to us, it's not always something that you look to with joy and anticipation. A lot of time, it brings trouble into your heart. And look at what Mary said. But when she saw him in verse 29, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting is this? And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You know, the people that God does speak to, the one that he does look to and entrust his will to, especially when it's something that's important like the mother of his son, is going to be someone who finds favor with him. The more we walk with God, the closer we get to God, the more we allow God to create in us the heart of God and transform us into the likeness of Christ, the more likely you're going to hear him have something to tell you that he wants you to do. He don't want to talk to people who go into church. It's their biggest chore for him that they expect to do. He's looking for people who's willing who loves him, who's going to say, Lord, you are the most important thing in my life. And the more closer you get to God, the more likely you're going to hear God give you something to do. And look at what he told Mary, because Mary was a girl who had favor with the Lord. She was a godly young woman. And it says, but when she saw him, she was troubled. And his saying was considered what manner of greeting this was. In verse 30, it says, then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, now listen to this. This is a load to be dumped on you. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. Now listen to this. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary, boy, look, she, she, the, the response we probably would all expect is in verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? <laughs> what? And listen to what it says. And the angel answered and says to her, now listen, she's wondering, how am I going to explain this? How can this be? And the answer he gives her, I'd hate to have to go tell my dad this. <laughs> dad, it's not what you think. Listen, the Holy Spirit came upon me, and the power of the Most High overshadowed me. Therefore, also the Holy One who is in me is to be born, is called the Son of God. That's just taking what she's just been told and relaying the message. Now, if you think it would be hard to tell your dad, can you imagine telling your fiancé? Can you imagine the interruption this must have been to Joseph? What, Mary? What do you mean you're pregnant? And this child is the son of God? <laughs> now, they were true believers, or God would have never put this burden on them. But it don't matter how strong your faith is. Can you imagine the faith it took to do this? Listen, God spoke to Mary and gave the assurance 
He always gives when he assigns the impossible to his people. Because listen what he told her. It says, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. Now she knew Elizabeth was old, beyond childbearing. That was her aunt or her, her, her relative. And it says, and this now is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. He says, Mary, I can do this just like I made your relative Elizabeth, who's way past childbearing age. She's at her sixth month right now. Now listen, no one's told this to Mary, and Mary's not told it to anybody else. And if you got this news, you would be taking time to ponder, amen, to meditate, to think, what am I going to do? How am I going to deal with this? So what does Mary do? She goes to see her aunt or her relative. And look at what it says. Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with Hafe to the city of Judah. She's going to find out if it's true. She's going to talk to Elizabeth. Now listen what happens. And she entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. There is no way she would have known that unless God had told her. Mary comes walking in. She's got this burden on her, and her aunt already knows. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And listen to what she goes on and says. Look at verse 43. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Not only does she know that Mary's pregnant, she knows that she's pregnant with her Lord, the Son of God. See, God, when you embrace his will and accept his will, will always confirm that what he told you is true. And that's what he did to Mary. She had the faith and she walked in godliness enough to be the candidate that he picked that when the time had come, when everything was ready for him to bring forth his son to be born of a woman, she was the one he chose. And he laid that burden upon her. And she didn't look at it as a burden. She looked at it as a blessing. Look what it says, verse 44. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And look at what she told Mary in verse 45. Blessed is she who believed, for they will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. You know what? When you believe what God tells you, at the moment you trust, you can bet that what he told you is going to happen if it come from God. Listen, everything was in place for God to act. When God speaks about his plans, he does so everything in place that is going to fulfill his word. When he tells you his plan, he's already got it ready. Listen, he knows exactly what would come to pass. He simply asked you to believe him, and that's what he did Mary. And I want you to think about this. Everything waited on Mary to believe for this to happen. Think about this. What if Mary would have said no. I don't think Mary had much of a choice, but I want you to think about Joseph, though. You see, after all this happens, she leaves. She's gone for a while. She goes to be with her relative, and she comes back. Now turn with me. Hold your place here because we're going to flip right back. It's just a couple pages. Look over here at Matthew's account, which is giving you the decision and the interruption that Joseph had to go through. Look at chapter 1, verse 18 of Matthew. Now, Mary's been gone. She went missing. She went to Elizabeth's. She's been gone for a while, and she left with a burden that God came to see her and told her, you're going to be with child of the Holy Spirit. 
And the one that's going to be born is going to be the son of God. And he's going to reign over the kingdom of David. And it's going to be a, the kingdom. He's the Messiah is basically what she was told. Now she goes back and look at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. When she came back, can you imagine? She's went off. He didn't know where she went. He don't know where she's been. She comes back and says, Joseph, I'm pregnant. But I don't want you to think bad of me because it's not what you think. <laughs> and she tells him the story. <laughs> we read the story and we just kind of like, well, but put it in your family. And look what happens. But while he thought about these things, can you imagine the thinking that must have been going through his mind, Joseph? But while he thought about these things, here comes that pesky angel again. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And now look at verse 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Now, you know something I mentioned to you a while ago, the importance of the genealogy and how the Jews kept such a detailed and intricate history of their genealogy. Nothing was more important to the Jewish man than having a firstborn son to give him his name. Not another name, the family name. Bud just told me he's got a family name. Maurice Frederick Power, Maurice Fred Power III. And he was proud enough to give it to his son. He's the fourth. Joseph, my friend, gave up that privilege because he didn't name him the family name. He gave him Jesus. He didn't get to be his firstborn son, his son. It was God's son. Everywhere you look in the genealogy, it says, and this was the son of so-and-so and so-and-so begot so-and-so and so. But when it gets to the last part of that genealogy, it says, and so-and-so. And it says, and then it says, Joseph, who was the husband of Mary. It doesn't say he was the son of Jesus. And Joseph gave that right up. But guys, listen, when he went to his dad, and just think about this. Dad, I know Mary came back from her cousin Elizabeth's house, and she's pregnant. But she told me that it's the Son of God and that the Holy Spirit did this to her. And that she is still a virgin and she's going to have this baby and I'm going to keep her because an angel came to me. You would be getting your son counseling. In reality, think. We just look like, oh, these people, this is just was normal life. Guys, listen, they were just like us. God was doing something extraordinarily unbelievable. Yet, Joseph, after the dream, said yes. You know what Mary said after she was told? Flip back with me. This is the key to everything when God speaks to us. Joseph did whatever God told him to do. Look what Mary said. In verse 38, this is the key to the whole Christmas story from the human responsibility side of it. 
when Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. You know what? Once Mary said that, the angel left. He was through. He gave her the message. She said, Amen. You know, the most important part of the Sunday morning service every Sunday is not his songs. It's not me and how I deliver the message. It's at the end of that message as we present, Thus saith the Lord, when people stand out here and they say, Let it be according to the will of God. Did they obey or did they leave in disobedience? Because there was people this morning, I promise you, that had a chance to get their life right with Jesus. That had a chance to let Christ become who he came to be, their Lord and Savior, and probably did not. And think about the opportunities that God provides in our lives as he puts places. He didn't have to go to Africa, but he went to Africa because God told him to go. And there's a little lady that he just showed me right here who's 95 years old. There's a picture of her who had never heard of Jesus. Would she have not got saved if he didn't go? We'll never know. But what we do know, she got saved because he went. Not only did she get saved, 1,354 people were led to Christ because that man was willing to go and another person. You know what? Because Mary said, let it be according to the will of God, she became the mother of our Lord, the blessed Mary. And because Joseph said, Lord, I'll take this interruption. I'll bear the shame. I'll bear the ridicule and the people talking about me. I don't care, Lord. I'm going to do it. He was a great stepfather for Jesus. He raised him. And he took care of him. He protected him, provided for him. Think about it. He was probably planning on building a little house next to dad. He was a carpenter. Getting him moved in. Jesus comes along. He's running to Egypt. He lost his business. His whole life went from building a life for him and Mary, to giving his life to take care of that child. And can you imagine the burden it must have been as he began to see who that child was? He began to realize that it isn't a normal child. Think about it. When he got to be 12 years old, you know what the Bible says? Every year, as was their custom, they went to Jerusalem for the Passover, which is what good, godly Jews did. And they went to celebrate the Passover, and they brought Jesus with them. Y'all know the story. After they left, they thought Jesus was with them in the caravan. Three days out, or a day and a half out, they realized Jesus ain't with them. So they go back. Where do they find Jesus? Where's he at? He's in the temple, amazing people with his answers and his questions and his knowledge of God. And Mary looks at him and says, son, why did you do this to us? And there's his stepdad standing there. But what did he say? Why wouldn't you look at me? Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? Joseph accepted that. He humbled himself. You know, out of the people in the Christmas story, Joseph is the most underrated and forgotten person who gave such a sacrifice, and he gave up so much so that he could have the privilege to say yes to the Lord, and he gave us who we have now as Jesus, our son. He gave him his name. He gave him the right through his lineage to claim the throne to David because that came through Joseph. He was born of the lineage of David, so he could claim the throne. There's so much Joseph did. There's so much Mary did. And you know what? When you see something that God does extraordinary, there's always somebody who he spoke to, who he put 
the plan in action to that was willing to say like Mary, let it be done according to the word of the Lord. When God speaks something to you, never underestimate the importance of it. Never think that when he tells us to do something that it doesn't matter if we do it or not. There's nothing more important than doing the will of God here on earth. Amen. You know, I was looking at that and I, I was going to go a whole other direction. And God just put that on my heart. Look at Mary. Look at the interruption it had to be to her. Think about her wedding. Now, women get real, real carried away with the wedding sometimes. They have all these particulars, and it's got to be exactly a certain way. But just think, her wedding didn't go the way she planned. <laughs> Joseph probably had it planned a certain way. You know what? When God presents his will to you, nine out of ten times, I'm here to tell you, it's an interruption. It interrupts what you thought you were going to do. And the people who he presents that opportunity to Thank God for people like Mary and people like Joseph. Amen? Well, I preach what I think God put on my heart. I don't know what God's speaking for you to do, but whatever it is, look to Mary, look to Joseph, follow that example. Because, guys, we look at them as just part of the Christmas story and forget, but they were just normal people like us. Yet they embraced what God gave them. They took that burden, and forever we will be able to thank God for Mary and for Joseph. You know what? When we get to heaven, I'm going to go look for Joseph. Amen? I, I, I'm going to thank him. I forget. I, tonight, I got to thinking, Joseph, I forgot what you did for you. You're as important to this story as anybody else because someone had to take care of Mary and Jesus until Jesus grew up and he took that responsibility. There may be people in your life God's wanting you to take care of or someone may have taken care of you. Thank them this Christmas and be willing to say whatever he asks you to do, let it be done according to the will of the Lord. And remember when she went to see Elizabeth and said, it's going to be fulfilled what he told you. It's going to be accomplished. Because if God planned it, it'll happen. Amen? Amen. Well, we're going to have a time of invitation if you need to come. Brother Jonathan's going to come and he's going to sing a song or two. And when we get through, um, I know we got our, um, our business meeting and we got to present our budget for the new year. Lord knows we got to get that done. But I do want to remind us to come up here tonight if you got time and check out this book. And Brother Nichols gave us these bowls, and I'm going to let him just explain to us where, what are these and where they came from. The big five. Five animals that can kill you, Brother Kenneth. Could y'all hear that? Yeah. And so he gave us this back as a gift. And he said that the money that we were able to give him when he came and spoke and shared was what they used on that trip. And this is a, a, a picture, a um, bunch of pictures showing about that trip. And they did a lot of stuff. He told me they, they drilled some wells, got people some water. There was some people that was going without water, walking 10 miles a day to get water because their well had went out and it only cost $20 to fix it. And they'd been out of water for how many years? A year. Walking 10 miles a day to get water because of $20 part. Guys, we have no idea how blessed we are in America. 
Thank God for people that go and give people water. But more than that, thank God for people who can go give people Jesus. So y'all get with Brother Nichols and his wife before he gets out of here. And we're going to get him to come back and share some more. But for now, thank God he went. Remember Isaiah? Here I am, God. Send me. What's God asking you to do? What's God put on your heart? So as we stand together tonight, maybe you need to come and be saved. Maybe you need to recommit your life. Maybe you might need to join this church. I don't know. But whatever God's telling you to do, if you'll be like Mary and say, let it be according to the will of the Lord, he'll use you. Amen? Amen. Father in heaven, I pray tonight as we take time to respond to what you've spoken, that if this has touched a heart in here, if there's someone who has heard something that they need to respond to, that you'd give us grace, that you'd give us the faith to have the strength to say yes to whatever it is you're asking us to do. In Jesus' name.